to another episode of Let's Not. I'm your host, Sam. And I'm Michelle. And this week, we will be diving into the documentary on Netflix, Reversing Row. Yep. Um, and so I want to give a warning at the top. We will be further in the episode talking a lot about abortion. And then also, if you decide to watch the documentary, there are some graphic images, um, maybe three throughout it. Not like it's not throughout the whole movie, but there are a few. Thanks for the heads up, Michelle. But first, we're going to get into it and get our gab session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really want to come up with like a little t- a little title for it. Like at the top? Mm-hmm. Like what's... <sighs> What's gabbing, gabbing in, like gab, but it's happening, but it's like, what's gabbing in? <laughs> Are you serious? That was an example. I don't like that. That's why I don't use that. That was just an example. I feel example. like you've probably been thinking about this for weeks and you're like, you know what the I'm best gonna title throw, is? I'm going to slide it in and see if Michelle likes it. No, that one I don't like. Oh, um, all of a sudden. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. So I have a little update for the doctor's appointment. So last week I went to the eye doctor finally and Mm -hmm. my eyeballs look good, but I got a little, little prescription for a little like reading glass to where my eyes don't stress so much. And my doctor was really nice. The people were really nice. Mm -hmm. It was a great experience. Whoa. I love that. Until I started. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Until. So I started texting Michelle while I was there, and then the doctor worked behind a lens crafter, but they're like completely two different businesses, Mm -hmm. and so you go out and it's like, oh, let me sell you some glasses. So I was looking at the glasses, and some of them were like $300, and I was like, what the fuck? Is this normal for a pair of glasses? Uh So I text Michelle. I was like, Michelle, I was like, do I buy the glasses here, or can I do it online? Because I always see people do it online sometimes, and she was like, well, sometimes it's you told me sometimes it's cheaper if you do it online, blah, blah. And the girl had already given me the tray to pick out all the glasses. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find any ones that I really wanted to try on. And I was like, I guess I'll just buy these because I feel bad. But I'm like, no, no. I'm not going to fucking do it. No. So I, I gave my little tray back and I was like, I'm still looking. And Michelle was like, crab walk out of there as fast <laughs> as you can. So that's what I did. But it was fine. Uh-huh. Also went to my asthma doctor appointment yesterday. How'd that go? That was fine. Until? S- until. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. So I didn't know I was going to be doing a breathing treatment. And it's where, like, they have you breathe into this machine and a computer reads, like, on a scale of how much you breathe in and how much you can breathe out and, like, the pressure of your lungs and whatnot. And they had me go into this plastic tent because of COVID since I'm going to be blowing air. They were like, all right, well, here's this and blow in when you're ready. And I'm just standing there. I'm like, okay. Because normally they tell you step by step because you can't see the screen and you don't know when you need to take in a deep breath and when you need to let it out and how long you need to keep push, 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 pushing. And so I'm just breathing. She's like, whenever you're ready. And I'm like, no, bitch, whenever you're ready, like you tell me. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, am I just doing it by myself? And she was like, you're just going to breathe in and then breathe out. And I'm like, okay. And so I was trying to do it. And she's like, nope, you're just going to breathe in, breathe out. And I'm like, well, can you like tell me? Cause I can't see the screen. I don't know when Mm -hmm. it's going. And I was like, this, she must be new. Cause I've never had. Oh, she must be new. She must be new, (laughs) Michelle. Cause my breathing treatment, my breathing tests have never gone like that. And so I was like trying to do it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, all right, well, that's enough. And I was like, all right, thanks. So my doctor comes in and she's like, well, your breathing results weren't awful. And I was like, oh, really? Because I was just like, you're not telling me how I need to breathe. So the mm-hmm. results aren't going to be true. And then it's just whatever. It was fine. I wasn't freaking out about it. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't let this don't let this fool you. So my doctor came in and she was just asking how I had been doing. And I was like, I just feel like I'm suffocating. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I feel like I can breathe better. Like I can breathe better than what I'm breathing. Mm. And she was like, well, how do you mean? I was like, I can't breathe through my nose. One of my nostrils is like always plugged up. Like it's just not, I'm like a mouth breather. Uh You can hear me when I take my breaths in. Like it's just not fun. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm so used to just bearing with it and just like living 
not that great quality of breathing life that I'm just like, whatever. But I'm like, is there something that we can do to make it better? Mm -hmm. So then she gave me like a new medicine. She's like, well, try this. She's like, people with COPD use it. And I'm like, oh, God. What's COPD? It's like um, chronic. I don't know. It's usually people who have like do smoking. Oh, Sorry, I don't oh, know the oh, term. Oh. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like people who have like worse than like asthma, almost like I think. level. I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, and she was like, Some people can tell a difference, some people can't. She's like, I'll give you the sample and if you want it, we can do it or whatnot. Um, so then the lady came back in and she showed me how to take it and it literally made like a world of difference. Oh, sure. like I did it and then I walked out to go to my car and I was like, oh my God, I can breathe. I felt like someone like cut a little hole in my chest and it was just like breathing in the ocean. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Whoa. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, I hope that that works out. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to talk about your brand new hair? That's that's the appointment that I care about. That's the appointment you care about. So guys, I got my hair cut, um, got my color freshened up, and I switched up my little bangs, my side yeah. slut bangs. It's amazing. It looks so good on her. It's like the perfect cut for your face. You're so sweet, Michelle. Thank you. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I really do like it. I feel like myself, but I think it'll take other people a little bit to get used to maybe. I feel like everyone else got used to it. You're, you're the one <laughs> that's like, on. <laughs> you're like, I don't know if I like it. Uh, and everyone else is like, it looks amazing. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, I've had the same haircut, mm-hmm. the same side bangs since middle school. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. No, it looks really, really good. Yeah. yeah, but Michelle says it makes me look my age, which I'm not. It doesn't make you look your age. It's just before I always, I honestly thought you were younger than me when I yeah. met you. I thought you were in your mid twenties. I, I feel younger than you. Do you? Yeah, like mentally. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say your age, and I'm like, am I really like four or five years older than Michelle? Like Sam, what the fuck? I need to go like back to high school or something. <laughs> fucking finish college god no no but it looks good it looks good and it doesn't make you look old it just makes it's a more I don't even know the word okay I'll take whatever that is because I wanted to say it's a more mature mature put together maybe put together I don't know it just looks a little bit more polished 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 is a good word yeah yeah well thanks looks, and if you go back to the other one that looks good too I mean you look well, I'm younger. never going back no I just it look it looks good on your face okay well thank you I appreciate mm-hmm. that and also um have you started watching the bull type Michelle no bitch I'm not watching bitch! that show you're never gonna watch it really <laughs> well no because I've um I was gonna talk to you about like what I have been watching okay well okay, do you need to talk about the bull type just real quick okay guys, real quick just to wrap it up up. I'm probably gonna do I'm gonna do this wrap up and then I'm gonna wrap it up when okay. I'm done so I'm on I started season five it's the last season that ended this current year and I'm just I'm so sad like the last few episodes I was crying because like uh-huh. all the characters are really taking a turn in their life coming into <laughs> their own and I love this show so fucking much that I literally printed Michelle's gonna think I'm such oh, a geek no. I literally printed out a picture of the bold type and I put it on my vision board like it is such a good show Michelle like the three Joe was like, "Oh, do you want to be on the bull type? Is that why you put it on your vision uh-huh. board? Like you want to be on a, sh- a show on Freeform?" And I was like, "No." And he's like, "Why?" And I was like, "Don't ask me." I was like, "Because I was like, my dream is to have like friends like that." And he was like, <laughs> he was like, "Oh wow." He was, he probably wanted to be like, "That's really sad." But I kind of I was thinking about. I was like, I feel like one is me. I feel like one is you, Michelle, uh-huh. and then I feel like the other girl is my friend Crystal. Oh, and I'm like, you know, okay. like, I do. It's a reminder of that. I do have that. Although we might not like all work at the same job, be in the same town. Like that's my little secure triangle oh, of friends that I that's have. That's really cute. Okay. Yeah. It just because sometimes I'm like I'm lonely. I don't have a good like. Not that I need a group of friends, but mm-hmm. it's like it would be nice just to have like. Say if there were another one of us and it's mm-hmm. like we just knew constantly what was going on and it was yeah. just like we can come meet whenever, blah, blah. Yep. But yeah, I just, it's such a good show. Okay. All right. You're like guilting me into it. <laughs> don't, you don't need to watch it. But I was like, I was like, I just need to, 
if you guys are looking for a good show to watch, I highly recommend it. The Bold Type, okay. Yes, on Freeform. One more recommendation for The Bold Type from Sam. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll get another one in a few weeks when I finish it up. (laughs) I love it. That's so so sweet. When you told me that you were telling Joe and he got really quiet, I was just like, drop and roll out of there, Joe. (laughs) He's like, do you want to be on a Freeform show? I'm like, well, that too, but... I just no. want friends. I just want friends. <laughs> I so still want to be lonely. Sweet though. <laughs> I guess. That's better than wanting to be on a show on Freeform that's <laughs> wrapping up anyway. That's over. I know. I told Joe. I was like, well, it's over with Joe, so that one worked out. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe I can find it in like Portuguese subtitles. Oh yeah. Lately, since we're going to Portugal and I haven't spoken fluent Portuguese in like 10 years Mm -hmm. and I'm not like around my family so like I'm not hearing it I'm really out of the loop like I was trying to just talk in Portuguese to myself the other day and I was like I don't know any of these words I don't know how to like form sentences and stuff so what I've been doing is thank god for modern technology (laughs) and the time that we live in I've just been watching Brazilian shows on Netflix in the background and I found like a few podcasts but just so like I can hear it all the time and just start thinking about it and um I also have the subtitles in Portuguese too so like I can read it and that like helps it too um but so <laughs> of course what I've been watching is too hot to handle the Brazilian version okay bitch and you want to give me shit for watching the bull type I don't even know what too hot to handle is just oh, hot man. people trying to not have sex with each other yes on okay. an island yeah okay. so I think so they set it up for the contestants where they tell them they're going to be on a, like a, a hot young reality show where they go to an island with a bunch of other hot singles and they get to hook up, do whatever they want, oh, party wow. time USA. Um, but when they get there, like 12 hours in on the American version, they let them know that this is, it's not like a sex addicts retreat, but pretty much that they can't have sex while they're there and any infractions take away from like the grand prize at the end. So like they get like a hundred thousand dollars and if you kiss somebody like minus 4,000, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And so they have to try and build better connections and relationships rather than just like having sex with people. Cause like all the people that start, they're like, I love having one night stands. Like I don't like anything too serious, yada, Mm. yada, yada. Um, which is like, I guess what you do in your twenties. Yeah. Maybe not my, it wasn't my life, but it's a lot of people's lives. Yeah. It should have been. But anyway. Like, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I met the one too early. Um, But anyway, so they're having a good time and it's like fun or whatever, but they can't have sex. And so everyone freaks out. Wow. But by the end, they build better relationships, whatever. How long do you think they're there for? I think they're there for like six or eight weeks. So about two months. Oh, I could totally do that. Oh, yeah. I'm like, isn't that hard? (laughs) If you're having sex all the time and like, yeah, in my 20s, yeah, that would have been hard. Really? Yeah. But for $100,000? Well, that's a thing. Like, some people are just like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Like, I didn't plan on making money because there's not a grand prize in the show that they think they're going to be on. They just think they're going to go have a good time. So a lot of people are like, well, I wasn't planning on making money anyway. And this guy's fucking hot. Like, I'm going to go hook up. They do like a bunch of workshops with them to like get them to. It's like, it's not like they're just there. Oh, I thought it was just them partying and seeing if they get voters They do party, But they have to go through. I like that. They do workshops to like try and help them. But they also do do parties to kind of test them. And all this stuff. Anyway, the Brazilian version is so much better. So that's what you should. If you watch Too Hot to Handle America, go watch the Brazilian one. You can do like English. It's hotter. All the contestants. I don't know. I feel like with American shows nowadays, it's like everyone's an influencer that's trying Mm -hmm. to get a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, The Brazilian one, it's just a bunch of hot young people that are like, yeah, this is going to be a fun vacation. Yeah. So there's not that like weird thing of like curating an image or like Mm -hmm. who your personality is and stuff it's just it's very more authentic these people okay so (laughs) for the first day they don't (laughs) let them know that there's this rule that it's a retreat or whatever Mm -hmm. and you would assume like yeah people will make out people might hook up and stuff within three hours there are people fucking in the bedroom (laughs) that that night every single couple has sex hey now yeah they Ooh. get straight to it. Wow. Um, but it's amazing. So that's what I'm listening to. And then um, I realized, I was like, the only conversations I'm hearing are just like, do you like me? Like, do you think this will work? Do you want to go have sex? And I'm like, when am I going to use this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to use it. Um, 
So now I'm watching The Circle, which I never even watched the American version of it. Have I seen that one? It's like the social media experiment no, one. No, I have not. No. So I'm watching that now, which that whole premise is weird too, but A, I'm trying to do reality just because it's more of a conversational dialogue and I'm like trying to get back into it. So they're speaking at like a level that me and you talk normally to each other. And then I think once I pick up on it a little bit more, I'll like go into like a dramedy or a comedy where maybe like the dialogue's a little bit more advanced. But yeah, so I'm just watching a lot of Brazilian stuff, which is a completely different accent and cadence and everything in Portuguese. Oh, wow. So it's going to be a little bit off when I go there, but it's fine. As long as I can converse, I don't care Yeah, <laughs> how it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so will you be putting the circle, a picture of the circle or two hot to handle on your vision yeah, board? On my vision board. <laughs> and Jake will be like, do you want to be on too hot to handle? <laughs> Like, I already sent my audition tape in, waiting for a callback. I straight up told him the other day, too, because he was um, he was giving me grief for something. And I was like, if you don't watch it, I'm going to apply for one of these shows. And he was just like, okay, Michelle. I was like, I know what you're thinking. I'm too old and I don't have the body type, but I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> he was like, I didn't say it. I love that so much. If I applied, they'd be like, Grandma, get the fuck out of here. No, All these people are little baby 20-year-olds. They should do a show for people our age. We don't need it, Sam. Yes, we do. We're, the the I, two I, women. I need it. I really need this. <laughs> I was literally on the Brazilian one. One of the kids had 1999 tattooed oh on his collarbone. I was like, that's the year he was born. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It was probably the year his mother was born, for all wow. I know. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I'm doing with my life, and that's what I'm watching and Well, when our into. show comes out, it's going to be called Too Frumpy to Nap. To Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Too Frumpy to Fuck! I love it! Oh my god, don't fucking fuck. <laughs> oh my god, Michelle. Okay, but go back to the frumpy and fuck. I love okay. that! Wait, did you watch the VMAs? Because I didn't. No. I don't watch any of those, but I just always check in like the... I feel like because I wouldn't know anyone there. No, I don't. <laughs> you A, don't know anybody, and then the people you do know look like walking grandparents that I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're getting up there, huh? Mm -hmm. So I don't ever watch any of the award shows, but I always check in with um, the fashion after. Mm -hmm just to see what's up. And everything just looks like so late 90s, early 2000s. Megan Fox looked exactly like Rose McGowan when she went with Marilyn Manson. And I actually saw that because there was also the Met Gala the next night. Everyone's doing this like see-through mesh dress with a thong. And I'm just like, that's been done. done. And also, why are there nine of you that are rocking the same look? I don't know. The Met Gala, it was just not impressive, especially when the theme was in America or like, hmm. you know, belonging to America. I just, I, don't, I didn't get it. Yeah. And then also, have you ever heard of the term chuggy? Chuggy? Yeah. No. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced chuggy. If it's not... It's because I'm chuggy. Um, <laughs> but pretty much it's like if you call yourself a girl boss, if you're like obsessed with the minions, if like you, Minions? Yeah, I don't know. Are pe I guess people our age From love the, the show? minions. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what the show is. What's the movie? A Despicable Me. Oh. But yeah, it's just, it's like live, laugh, love. It's like that lifestyle yeah. of our age of people. Okay. The young kids call us chuggy. Because it's what? like I'm just trying dorky. to fucking live my life. Yeah. Don't try to label me anything. Just Ooh, leave us be. Don't be a, such a chug all the time. I'm going to shorten it immediately. <laughs> Loving the office and like having the office bullshit. Things like that. Okay, well, what can we call you guys? They're cool. The young kids? The young kids are cool. The kids are always cooler than the older generations. It's just what it is. And then I, th I think we're the coolest because we're still young at heart, but we're like, <laughs> we're grown in the brain. We know but what's we going on. <laughs> we know what's going on. We know nothing, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I just, I always wanted to ask you if you know Chugy. what that term is. Wow. I've never heard of it. Oh yeah. I follow a few of the accounts just cause like, I, I think it's hysterical cause I also don't think that I'm actually chuggy. Yeah. Cause I don't like. That shit. That it's like more basic. And mm -hmm. not that basic's wrong, but it's just like a more basic aesthetic and mm -hmm. style. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, so not to connect pillows. it back. Yes. I don't know if you saw Casey Musgra Musgrove. <gasps> no, Musgraves. Musgraves. 
I don't even know who she is, but really? country artist. Mm-hmm. Um, her outfit at the Met when I saw it, I was like, "That's chuggy as fuck." Oh uh, well, now I gotta fucking look yeah. at it. I mean, but look at the skirt. What is that made out of? I feel like she should have done a different shoe and a different top. Yeah, well, that's the, all of it. I mean, that skirt is the skirt. Beautiful. It is looks nice. like like melted. Um, it looks like Alex Mack and melted. Yes, form. yeah. It like it doesn't look like it has a shape. The skirt is amazing. The shoe is atrocious. It is bad. You cannot yeah. tell me that boot is not a bad boot. It just doesn't look mm-hmm. elevated enough for yeah. the Met Gala. And then also, it doesn't say anything. I want to, I always want to know about like the stories behind the outfits. Like, did something happen to her outfit that she was originally going to wear? And this is just what they had yeah. to come up with or something, you know? Maybe. I don't know. Every Besides the skirt, everything about it is a miss for me. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, now that we've trashed her enough. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Casey. She's got a great Christmas album, by the way. Alrighty, so let's get into Reversing Row. It's going to be heavy. I feel like we talked a lot at the top just because we didn't want to get into it. So we watched the documentary Reversing Row. It is available on Netflix. It came out in 2018. Uh, It's directed by Ricky Stern and Anne Sundberg. We were going to do a different documentary this week, but then I told Sam I feel like we should do this considering what's happening in Texas right now. Um, I'll talk more about that at the end. But this documentary is really good in just informing you on how the abortion topic became a political conversation. Um, And then also, it just gives a lot of facts. It does have views on both sides, but it is definitely more leaning left and that abortion is a health right that women should have access to. But there are a few talking heads throughout it of the pro-life side, which I don't even agree that it's pro-life. I would say it's pro-force birth, but that is my opinion mm. and I'm going to try and keep them down. I'm going to try are you keeping no, your no, opinions no. down? I'll, I'll be saying my opinions throughout, but I'm going to try and keep my temper down. Okay. I'm going to try and not scream. I'm going to try my damnedest. Okay. So, (laughs) the doc opens. (laughs) The documentary really opens with Dr. Colleen McNicholas, who is our hero of the story. She lives in St. Louis. There's only one clinic left in St. Louis, Planned Parenthood. Three out of four weeks, she's traveling around the Midwest to different states who only have like one clinic and she's performing these healthcare services for women. Um, so she is just constantly traveling. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, a lot of, I was telling Joe when we started watching it, I before they were going to Wichita, I was like, oh, I bet they'll talk about uh, Dr. Tiller because I remember mm-hmm. it was like so big when mm-hmm. he got shot and stuff because he was the one that was doing the abortions in Wichita. Um, but then it, it was just surprising because they talked about they talked Wichita, about Wichita a, lot. a lot. Yep, it right. seemed like almost like the epicenter of like where a lot of pro life people would gather and like mm-hmm. kind of descend upon these different clinics. Yeah, and um, for those of you guys listening, that's where I'm from is Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. so that's why it was familiar yeah. to. Well, us. I remember the George Tiller thing, even like being in Connecticut. Oh, you do? Like, yeah, I do. Oh, really? I remember in the '90s when like all of these like bombings and and things were happening, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "What the fuck?" But I I do remember when he was shot a second time. Yeah, insane, insane. Anyway, all right, let's get back. So, um, we're in Wichita, Kansas, with Dr. Colleen McNichols. She's like at one of the clinics that she's at, and I loved the security guard that was at Wichita, the man in the yellow shirt. Yeah. Oh, he was so sweet. I did his quote, and they don't give him a name. He's just clinic security in Wichita, Kansas, at this abortion clinic. I would clock him in at like almost eighty. He was an older gentleman, mm-hmm. and so there was only two people outside of the clinic trying to shame Dr. McNicholas. And um, saying how she's killing babies and all this stuff. And he says, the main reason I'm here is that girl that flies up there on that flagpole. 
He's referring to the flag, which, adorable. Yeah. Um, And he says, what I have against these people more than anything is that they keep trying to push their religion up on somebody else in a nation that's supposed to have religious freedom. So we get back to Dr. Colleen, and she says, you know, you can think whatever you want about it, but in America, one in four women will have an abortion in their life. So to me, abortion is just basic health care. And when I think about how politicized this has become, I wonder, you know, well, how did this happen? And so this is where it really kicks off. Because now we're going to talk about how the fuck did this happen? Yeah. Why is this an issue? Why is this anybody's issue besides a woman and her doctor? Yep. Which is where it should stop. Yeah. In my opinion. So it does talk about Sherry Finkbein, who was like a TV personality called Miss Sherry. It was like a children's program. And she already had four kids. She was pregnant again with a fifth. But she was taking a drug called thalidomide, which caused a lot of babies to be born without limbs. There was just Mm -hmm. several huge issues. So her doctor said, you should get an abortion. And back then they were calling them therapeutic abortions, which meant that if it endangered the mother at all, you could have a therapeutic abortion. The panel of males mm-hmm. had to be the one to decide, like... If you could get it. If you could get yeah. it. If you were, if you were op- like, if you were requesting one, you would have to go. But sometimes you could get family doctors that would help you. Yeah. They would help you. Yeah. Um... But if you had to go before this panel of men, they could also do a thing where they said, okay, we'll do this abortion for you, but then we're also sterilizing you because we don't want to keep fixing your mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Immediately, I was like, my head shook so hard. I was like, what the hell? How can you stare? Like, it's insanity. Sherry ends up going, Sherry actually, I don't know, in the documentary, I was like, you kind of blew the lid to make this a public discussion. Yeah. I feel like before then, it was, like, whisper, like, you can go to this doctor, like, this guy will help you out. Like, do you think, are you glad that she said something? No. Or you wish she would have kept quiet, so, yeah. She said something in the sense, it's not her fault, I'm not victim blaming her, she said something in the sense of more, if you were taking this drug, these things can happen, they do recommend therapeutic abortion, and you do have access to it. Mm Mm-hmm. In which case, then when she went to the hospital again, everyone's like, well, now we're not going to give you that abortion because you just told a bunch of people that you could get abortions. So then it became a big, it was in Life magazine, it became a huge topic, it gave it a a platform to be talked about. What do you mean? Because I feel like before it was like more private, like if you got pregnant, you just talked to your doctor. Oh, I see what you're saying, that it made it as if the issue was okay for people to put their opinions opinions on on it. Whereas, like, before, I feel like it was more of a private healthcare situation. And then when it started being talked about, it was like, well, now all these men realize that women are getting abortions and they're fucking rip shit about it for some reason. But on the other hand, it's like, we do need to talk about, I'm just, I'm here and there with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I see how it did help some people that she did announce it. And Mm -hmm. then it just, I don't understand the opinions of everyone. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't pertain to you. Um, So pretty much they go to Sweden. They get an abortion. When they come back, of course, the media is like all up their ass. Her husband very plainly puts it like, this is what was best for our family. I don't judge anybody else. I don't, I'm not bitter toward religious people that think this is like a sin or anything, but this is what we needed to do for our family. I gotta say, I loved that he was Mm -hmm. like speaking out with her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wake up, men. Come on. We don't get pregnant by ourselves. Gotta mm-hmm. say it. There's not immaculate conception. Yeah. It's two people. Only the women are penalized. Wonder why that is. Then we meet Gloria Steinem. We meet a chaplain at Skidmore College. I didn't get his name. And then we meet Faye Waddleton, who is the president who used to be the president for Planned Parenthood. Gloria Steinem tells her story about abortion in London. The chaplain at Skidmore College talks about how it was an all-woman's college and he would tell women where to go when they needed mm-hmm. to get abortions. Them. Yeah. And it was funny because he does say one thing where um, when he gets the job, he tells his wife, like, oh, it's just 1,400 girls. How bad could it be? And she called him a dope. And I was like, that, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he was super great throughout this whole was documentary. He Catholic Michelle or mm-hmm. what? Okay. Yeah. And so that wow. was the thing. Like there were, he was Catholic. He was part of a group of different, uh, religious leaders that they would help counseling with people that needed to go get abortions. Mm-hmm. They would suggest where to go and stuff like that. 
so it's not the religious thing is not across the board it's not like oh i'm catholic so fuck you it's like there are people that understand that this is like a health issue. So he was amazing. Yeah, you could tell he had such a good soul. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that it was not easy for him to take that route in life. No. And then Faye Waddleton, who was the president of Planned Parenthood, she talks about how she did her clinical training at Harlem Hospital. And that's when she really realized that the poor and African-American communities disproportionately affected by all these restrictive policies like and that's the thing if a white woman that comes from means needs an abortion mm-hmm. she will get an abortion it is these poor communities that these laws are really affecting like triple quadruple time yep. and i think that's the point for some of these laws is to keep generations poor so that other people can continue to build their wealth But then Gloria Simon makes a good point of how they want to control women because we're the ones that actually produce armies, workers, everything. Like, we do have the power. And so, for some reason, they don't think that we're able Mm to uh, wield that. Well, they know that if they lose control, they're fucked. (laughs) So they gotta keep us down. They're well aware. They're well aware that we're so much smarter than them. Um, But anyway... And she says, it's the basis of democracy that you control your own body. And it's the basis of hierarchy that you don't. It it just doesn't make sense. No. If it did make sense, there would be two people being punished for this. Yet again, women don't become pregnant out of fucking nowhere. Have, Have they ever tried to pass a law or like has anyone brought up like, I'm sure that they have, but I mean, has it gone further than like what it is with us where we're like, why don't men get held responsible? Why aren't they held responsible for it? They've literally never been introduced into the equation. And I'm going to say this now. I was going to wait. But all of these laws are just about punishing whores. That's it. Not that I think women that get pregnant or have abortion are whores, but that's what they think. Mm -hmm. Because if it was any other reason... Men would be held accountable. This whole idea that this isn't a healthcare issue or like why it's not treated as any other healthcare issue is because there's sex attached to it. Mm-hmm. Because in order to get pregnant, you have to have sex. Sex is a sin. You're a whore. You're going to have the consequence of your whorish behaviors, is what these people are thinking. And that's what it is. Right. That's just what it is. It's about controlling and it's about punishing. I don't know. I'm just kind of lost for words, as you can tell. But it's like, how is this still a thing? Like, it is, I just don't know how people are so backwards thinking, so stuck in the past, Mm -hmm. like just not evolving with anything. And um, Michelle will probably get into it. But they even talked about a whole bunch of other procedures that are way dangerous than Mm -hmm. a woman getting an abortion. Well, yeah, it's one of the least dangerous things. But the only difference is that sex is a part of it. And sex is bad. And I don't know why that's even a thing anymore for people. It's like, uh, how do you think you're fucking here? Yeah. You moron. And I also, I'm sorry, but the women that back these men, it's like, don't you realize that he thinks so little of you that you don't have the brain capacity to make decisions for yourself? That's what he's telling you. Mm -hmm. Is that you're unable to come to these decisions for yourself, for your body. And so Papa needs to walk in and Papa needs to make the decisions. Well, you can fuck right off. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you really think that you're second in command to this fucking dipshit weasel face? This is where I wasn't going to (laughs) go. No, it's not bad at all, Michelle. I'm on page one, Sam. We're 52 (laughs) minutes in. We are not. We are. Oh my gosh. So we continue on and they said 68% of Republicans thought that it was a decision that should be kept between like the the woman and her doctor. Like they were okay with it. Yeah. It like started off where it's bizarre, but Republicans were the ones that pushed for legalization. Yeah. And that's like crazy to me. Mm -hmm. No, because I feel like the biggest platform of the Republican Party is that the government has as little say in your daily life as possible. Like, they want as little, they want small government. Mm-hmm. They want the autonomy to do what they want, and they don't want the government telling them what they can and can't do. So it makes complete sense that they would be against it because that's the government telling you what you can and can't do. 
It does make sense to me, but we will see why Republicans flip the script later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so leading up to Roe versus Wade in 1973, Republicans were pushing for a lot of different laws that legalized abortions in their states. Mm-hmm. We meet another beautiful character, Dr. Curtis Boyd. He's 80. He's been doing abortions his whole life. Fucking 80 years old, Michelle. Yeah. Like, I looked at Joe. I was like, did they say 80? Uh-huh. Like, he seemed like he was in his 60s. I was yeah. like, wow. He was young and spry, and he doesn't do them anymore, but he's, like, teaching younger doctors. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I have to bring her up. Fucking Carol Tobias, who is the president of the National Right to Life, and John Sego, who is the Texas version of oh, that. Oh, gosh. Come onto the string. Fuck you, John. Carol, shut the fuck up with your weak-ass voice talking about how America kills babies and your badass hair. Not badass, like, bad hair. (laughs) Fuck it. You saw it. You know what that is? That is somebody that doesn't have creative artists in her life, Mm -hmm. queer people, people that will be like, honey, that hair is a fucking train wreck. And her little smug smile being like, we just don't want America to kill babies. Shut the fuck up. So, (laughs) it's 1973, Roe v. Wade goes to the Supreme Court, Roe is the last name for Jane Roe, the woman in, uh, that was not the face of it, but she didn't want to be the face of it, so like John Doe, she goes in as Jane Roe, and they make it at all, so it's a class action, so this is for any women that can or will become pregnant to have the access to an abortion. Wade is the district attorney for Texas that's, like, fighting it. Um, So Sarah Weddington is the one giving the argumentative speech on it, who's an attorney. They, she was 26 at the time. She argues it beautifully. Like, obviously, she wins the case or whatever. But the headline for her is, Blonde Attorney Defends Abortion Bill. Not even, like, I'm so used to like woman attorney female prosecutor whatever not even that just blonde Blonde. do you so what do you think they were trying to like oh she's blonde so she's dumb or she's like uh i think it was that i think it was like almost like a flabbergasted like this beautiful blonde woman is like talking and making sense (laughs) like they're so she has a brain they think we're so dumb so you know, nobody really thinks it's going to pass because it's a mostly conservative judges on the Supreme Court at that time. But it actually passes 72, which I think that's like insane. Mm-hmm. Um, they pretty much say that abortion is more of a medical social problem, not a political one. States can't forbid legalization. It's a constitutional right. And that for the first two trimesters, abortion is legal it's only the third trimester where it only becomes if the mo- the mother's in jeopardy. Um, so it makes abortion legalized, and the states can't do anything to, to stop them. Woo! That's why we love Roe v. Wade. We love it. We love it. So then we're introduced to Troy Newman, who runs Operation Rescue, which is a group of people who their desire in life is to try to shut down all of the abortion clinics. Mm -hmm. They literally start like rioting. Like it's. Yeah. They storm them. They storm them. They protest. I feel like they even started doing bombings like early on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just fucking bunch of crazy ass people really. Yeah. Um, and he says that the Catholic Church started it, but like the evangelicals mm. really started Operation Rescue. They talk about George Tiller and how they really descended on Wichita, Kansas a lot because of Dr. George Tiller. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason he became like the prime target villain for them. Um, and so they invited Faye Waddleton, who we met earlier in the documentary, who was the president of Planned Parenthood at the time, to come onto the Phil Donahue show and talk to Randall Terry, who is part of Operation Rescue, I believe, or one of these other groups, uh, these pro-force birth groups. Um, And so Randy is just going right in on Faye. I have the quote because I didn't want to fuck it up. Yeah. He says to Faye Waddleton, who is a black woman, Faye Waddleton, I'm saying this to you. You have betrayed your race. 
And then she tries to combat him. He says, let me finish, Faye. And she says, I do not need you to tell me what my choices are about my life and my body because I'm a black person. And then she says, to say that abortion for black women is somehow a favor to them or to kill their offspring, to be characterized as being engaged in black genocide, is just what it is. It's incendiary rhetoric that was designed to inflame the debate. And then after that, he says that he wants to take away birth control and all these other things. And she says, see, this is what they want. They just literally want to control us from start A to B. Yep. And he was so fucking smug. And he's like, all these dudes look like little fucking weasels. Yeah, they do. I agree with that. They're such little twerps. I don't even get it. Like, who do you think you are? Well, the thing is, is I don't think that women are as easily prone to violence and stuff and they know that whereas they are they have no problem fucking becoming violent or physical and that's that's how they crush us and that's how that's why this podcast is to indoctrinate you into our militia (laughs) (laughs) you can sign (laughs) you can sign up at let's not know yeah where we have military training happening (laughs) around the clock oh the, the feds are going to swarm my house tomorrow. You're going to be like, I'm just on a scooter. Leave me alone, please. <laughs> I have a broken ankle. I can't do anything. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's bring this back. <laughs> All right, now we get into the footage of the bombings, oh my gosh. the assassinations, the murderings of doctors performing abortion services. Everyone that is perpetrating these attacks are part of a religious community. Most of them are evangelicals. That's not a stretch to say. That's what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very sad montage of footage. Fucking Carol's back to talk about their game plan. Carol's from the National Right to Birth and how this has been years in the making, decades of just playing the long game of yeah. getting the Republicans over to their side to make this a huge issue. Uh, they want to completely defund Planned Parenthood, which is so fu- – she straight up says it. She's like, I don't want any money going to them. Even though no federal dollars go to abortions, the money goes to just Plain basic health care. Yeah. Like pap smears yeah. and just checkups and making sure Breast you don't exams. have cancer. Yeah. yeah. It goes to – nothing goes to abortion. So you're just trying to get health care away from women. For what reason I ask for the ninth – hundredth time and she has no qualm saying like i don't want them to get a penny and it's like why do you hate women okay so and then here's my thing so they're like i don't want my money going to abortions but then say that there's babies that are born and that do end up needing like food stamps mm-hmm. and care that other people's yeah. money is going to and it's like they don't want their money going on that you either. can't well yeah but i'm saying like your money's not going to the abortion so if the woman does decide yeah to prevent that later down the road it's like how do you not see yeah do you know what am i saying that correctly okay your taxes are gonna go to this baby no matter what yes if you're not getting that abortion yep and i'm sorry but we don't get to pick and choose where our tax money goes because i don't want my tax money going to the military complex i don't get to pick and choose it i don't have children i don't want my tax money going to schools yeah is that bad that i mean i don't care that it goes to schools but it's like if i want to be fucking picky about it yeah you don't get to be picky about it just be oblivious like i don't even know where my taxes are going I don't know who's getting I them. just know that they take a third of my fucking money. <laughs> I don't know where they're going. <laughs> well, they're not going to abortions at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Let me correct you. So, Colleen, baby angel Dr. Colleen, she starts testifying in Congresses and different state capitals and all that stuff to try and put her very experienced, medical, educated facts forward. Facts. Facts. And she has to go up against fucking lobbyists that just get paid so much money. And I feel like all they were were debaters in high school that just know how to debate things really well, who don't have medical experience. They're not doctors. They have no fucking idea. They just know how to play devil's advocate really nice. Go in circles. Yes. And just go in circles and fight her against it. And this super fucking educated woman has to watch some dipshit idiot in a bad suit just completely change laws against everyone's best interests. Just even if if I was a man, I would just be like, like, this isn't right. Right, guys? Yeah. This has nothing to do with us. There are men like that. There are men like that. There are men like that. I know I say hate men. I don't actually mean it. Michelle doesn't hate men. Yeah, I don't. 
maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she what doesn't I hate mean. men who don't hate us. Exactly. <laughs> and then, oh my God, the scene with uh, Jamala Nasheed and Andrew Koning in Missouri. So they're arguing on the floor, and uh, Jamila, she's fucking done. Mm-hmm. She's me, and I'm just like, how do you not physically? Because I. I like to fight physically. <laughs> I don't I don't actually do it. But man, if I could get away with it, I would just jump across and beat this little yeah. fucking pip squeak up. So <laughs> she says, there is no other medical procedure, none, not one, that is legislated in a way that abortion is. Enough is enough. I'm ready to go down fighting because I'm tired of the Republican Party bullying women when it comes to their right to choose. And this fucking little rascal weasel motherfucker in his bad haircut is just standing there, not even saying anything. He's the mm-hmm. one that was with the lobbyist that did all his talking for him because he's not even smart enough to like bring a fucking yeah. argument to the table that he needs to pay somebody else to do his talking for him. But he wants to get all these like bills passed through, but he doesn't actually know how to fucking do it. Why do you get the right to bully us? He doesn't even say a fucking word because he's fucking stupid. What? <laughs> Michelle, I adore you. She is. I just, I love it. Oh, my. I'm just, I'm so angry at these white fucking men. I'm sorry. It's who it is. <sighs> okay. Jamila, I love you. Now that we're all angry and riled up, we find out why this became a political matter that every single politician, no matter what you're running for, somehow has to have a stance on abortion. Why? 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 Enter Jerry Falwell. So Jerry Falwell, I think we all know, is like one of the biggest evangelical leaders. I'm pretty sure his son got into like some kind of a sex scandal recently, but of course. Oh, really? Yeah, Jerry Falwell Jr. Not truly a sex scandal, but not as distinguished as his religion would like him to behave. So in 1980, when Ronald Reagan is going for president, that's when abortion really becomes a political issue. Republican leaders on the back end start strategizing and they realize that evangelicals are a huge population in America and none of them are really politically inclined. They're not voting. So they decide we need to get that vote, which is why they always talk about it and why it's always an issue. And it becomes even more gross because we get the real tea. So evangelicals start voting because they have all these churches set up and in their version of their religion, they believe segregation is right. So they do not believe that races should mix. They literally put a quote on the screen that says, when races integrate, trouble happens. And so they have all of these churches and private schools set up and they're not getting taxed because they're a church, but they start getting taxed because they cannot be segregated. It's like against the law. So they need to integrate or they have to pay taxes. And that's when they become political is because they don't want to pay taxes, but they want to stay real fucking white. What is wrong with you people? Mm -hmm. And so the leaders of that community realize, well, we can't have that be our big political like agenda talking point that we want to stay bigots and fucking assholes. So let's get a, a topic, an issue that we can get more people around from different communities. So they focus in on abortion. And that is how abortion becomes a political topic. We see this throughout. We do it with Ronald Reagan, George Bush 1, George Bush 2, and even Donald Trump. Before they become presidents, yes. they are pro-choice. They're, they were yeah. pro- and I'm just like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, mm-hmm. now I know why, but yeah. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. They're all pro-choice. They all are pro-choice. But when they realize that they need that evangelical vote and that that's what's going to get them yeah. into office... They all change their tune pretty fucking quickly and they go in hard and they start putting in judges and people into place that have that agenda because that's how they got into power because it's all a fucking game except for with people's fucking lives. Mm -hmm. And so that is why abortion becomes such an issue. And unfortunately for us, judges are not picked by the public. We pick our presidents. We think we have enough confidence in them that they will pick the right judges. But judges are a lifelong appointment. Why is that? It shouldn't be. So they can literally be a judge for however long. Until they retire or die. There's no, is there any kind of renewal license or like, can we get an update of what kind of human being you are in the past 
five years? No, I mean, I think you saw it with the well, Kavanaugh yeah. trial. But why not? That's just crazy to me. It is. It shouldn't be a lifelong appointment. Um, but I think the point of that was so that it wasn't dependent on a president. You know, like they would go through multiple presidents, but nobody's picking these judges because they're a good person. It's no. all politicized. Yeah. And that's why we get this constant swinging of like, we have a more liberal Supreme Court. No, we have a more conservative Supreme Court. And that's why these laws keep getting put into jeopardy because of who gets to appoint judges. And that's, that is why I cried like a fucking monster when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died mm -hmm. in Trump's presidency because he had, he already had two judges that he put there. And then he, of course, squeaked in a third. Yeah. And every law is always up on the chopping block. So this law in Texas that got passed and just went into effect in September, they want that they yeah, want people like to appeal it. Yeah, it's like they're laying their little yeah. seeds down because yeah. they know later on it will. Because they know the Supreme Court right now is primarily conservative and they know it'll vote in their favor. So they want these bills to go to the Supreme Court level so a precedent gets set and Roe versus Wade gets overturned. So that's where we're at. Republican politicians are swayed by the evangelical vote and you know look into it more and I'm sorry if you're an evangelical I'm sure it's not across the board but the whole reason that they wanted abortion to even be a topic is so that they could hide bigotry behind it which of course I had no idea I didn't know about that either to be honest I knew that they used abortion as their platform I had no idea about the whole like segregation issue that they were having with the taxes and the church church exempt mm -hmm. and all that shit so that was yeah. an eye-opener so lately, the thing that people have been pushing because people are getting, I think the younger generations are more in line of us where it's just like, that's your issue. If you need access to it, you should have access should to it. To. Mm -hmm. Because abortion became not as polarizing as an issue and people just didn't care what other people were doing. This pro-life movement started talking about partial birth abortion, which isn't a fucking thing, but they just started posting all these graphic images That's of like- That's another thing I didn't know. Yeah. I, I just had always thought that if it's at a certain point in the- pregnancy if you're at your third trimester and there's something really really wrong happening it can be like that. they can do an abortion well see like before they were talking about that I thought that that was like a thing that they did no you can't I don't believe that you can at like you know eight months in be like you know I don't want this yeah. anymore it's just not how it works it's more so like the baby's not gonna live outside mm -hmm. And so, so that you don't have to continue to carry this pretty much dead baby, yeah. they perform an abortion. And so they took those pictures and used that as like this partial birth abortion, which is not a thing. No. You can't eight months just be like, you know what? Never mind. I don't actually want to do this. It just doesn't happen. And it just doesn't happen. Like no woman. I love this like idea that women are just like, mm. I don't know. I'm flip. I don't know. Maybe I want it. Maybe I don't. I do want to keep drinking with the girls. It's not a casual no. decision. No woman goes into an abortion thinking like, oh, I just got to get like rid of this abortion tomorrow. Like it's not that mm -hmm. ever. It's like a huge deal. And it fucks you up to and make it, that decision. Yeah. Yep. It's it just it's crazy because it's like even I even mm -hmm. though I'm pro choice, it's like I had no idea about that and think of all the people that oh, yeah. just have no yes. idea. And that's why I think this documentary is really good because you can try, but you can't research everything you hear all the time. Mm -hmm. And so things do get stuck in your yeah. head that you think are true and they're not, or things that you heard about when you were younger mm -hmm. that you always thought were a fact. And then you realize later that's not true. It's, it's normal. Yeah. It's like being a human. But you always have room to grow and you always yep. have room to look into things. Yeah, it's never too late to no, look into things. never. So, yeah. So they do the partial abortion thing to shock people into being against abortion again, which worked. And then we have beautiful Wendy Davis with the filibuster in 2013. So she tries to pretty much block a version of what just passed in Texas. And this bitch... <laughs> 
She's trying to fucking kill this bill so bad. She knows going in that she's going to filibuster it, which means you just talk until they can't vote. And then until it, time's up. Until yep. time's up. But in order to do that, like, you can't take a sip of that drink. You crazy. can't do anything. You have to be talking nonstop the whole time. You can't drink. You can't use the bathroom. You can't, like, stop talking for, I think, there's, like, an allotted amount of time. Mm-hmm. This bitch puts in a catheter. Yes. I was like, what? <laughs> she puts in a catheter the morning of. She has her running sneakers on. Yeah. She is prepared. She has a whole binder of just women's stories that yeah. she's going to read all goddamn day. Wow. Love her. Did you know who she was at the time that she did that? No, because she's, I didn't no. either. And I didn't know if it was just because I was unaware, but I'm just No, like, because wow. she's also a state senator. So it's like sometimes you might know the senators that are in like Congress yeah. in DC, like, you know, AOC from New York, even though you're not from New York. Okay. I didn't know if I was failing. No, no, no. She's like a state senator. Women. So okay. you probably wouldn't know. Yeah. I like, I don't even know most of the state senators in Massachusetts. I know like a handful. Right. Um, but anyway, so she just, she keeps going and they try to fuck her over mm-hmm. by like cutting her off and talking. But at this point, so many people have amassed in the state capitol oh to gosh. cheer her on and like kids from the colleges around mm-hmm. there. And when they try to block her off, the kids are just like, let her speak. Yep. And they start chanting Wendy and stuff. And so they just chant until the time runs out and mm-hmm. like help her out. And so the bill is fucking dead. <sighs> For those few days. <laughs> For those few days. <laughs> Until they re-fucking issue it, and I think different verbiage or whatever they have to do to get it back on. And fucking Rick Perry. I don't remember him. You'll remind me. He's the governor at Texas at the time. I believe he's the governor. If not, he's the senator. He's some fucking bullshit. Bullshit. He is the fucking worst. <laughs> the worst. So this... Decides to say about Wendy, the woman who filibustered the Senate the other day, she was born into difficult circumstances. She's the daughter of a single woman. She was a teenage mother herself. She managed to eventually graduate from Harvard Law School and serve in the Texas Senate. It's unfortunate that she hasn't learned from her own example. This I remember motherfucker. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that she hasn't learned. It's unfortunate. Well, and two, sir, not everyone has the same experience and the Mm -hmm. opportunities. Like, yeah, she did grow up in hardship, but Mm -hmm. it's like there's always worse and there's always Mm -hmm. better. It's not. And do you think that maybe her actually firsthand experiencing living with a single mother, being a teenage mother herself? It just keeps going from generation to the next generation. Like the cycle just keeps repeating itself. Her argument is 10 times more fucking pertinent than your argument. And you're going to say it's unfortunate she didn't learn from her own fucking life? Are you married, sir? Does your wife get a boner? (laughs) I'm sure she gets a huge boner for his fucking cheap ass haircut. (laughs) I can't. I, ugh. Like... I just want to punch and punch and punch and punch Mm -hmm. until my hands are bloody stumps on my arms. And then you want to stab those stumps into his face. And then I put hooks in both. Yeah. And I candyman everybody. Okay. Can I be a candyman for women? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. There should be a thing like that. Like a, a lore about that. Like Dr. Colleen becomes the candy man and kills all these men that are trying to oppress us. Yeah. I love it. Love to see it. Love to see it would be their opening night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she filibusters it, it comes back, goes into law. 41 of the clinics that were offering these services to women go down to 19. So cut in half. There's literally no place in central Texas where you can get access to an abortion. Everything's bad. Everything sucks. Now we're back at the Supreme Court. This bill, it's called SB5. It's like a version of SB8 that just went into effect in Texas. It goes back to the Supreme Court. And thankfully, because now there are three women in the Supreme Court, it, it gets turned down, mm-hmm. which is great. So somebody was that was there at this hearing said it was so crazy to see the difference between having one woman on the Supreme Court and three because they were able to back each other up mm-hmm. and really talk about it and just talk about the science and the facts and the medical procedures and how there are so many more dangerous procedures and 
this is the only one that's discussed in this manner. With people like Wendy, just anyone who is so brave like that, mm-hmm. I'm like, I get so overwhelmed by, uh, by the littlest things that I'm mm-hmm. like, thank God that we have yeah. people like that that mm-hmm. are fighting for us and fighting for our rights because like, I just don't know. I'm like, how do you get that brave? Like, how did you do that? It really is. Wendy, Dr. Colleen, Mm -hmm. Faye Waddleton, Eleanor Holmes Norton. Because sometimes you just feel like it's all going to shit. Yeah. But there are people fighting. And thank God for them because they really are fucking brave. Yeah. They have, like, a true power Mm -hmm. in them. Like, nothing. They do. They don't let anything stop them. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, wow. And they're so smart. So smart. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got. The thing is, is that we just always, unfortunately, have to be vigilant and watching and seeing what's happening because things like what just happened in Texas, which I'm going to talk about now, it's SB8. It's also called the Heartbeat Bill. Um, Pretty much it makes abortion illegal after six weeks, which if you think about six weeks, that's one month and a half, which means maybe two periods, probably only one. And if you're not a woman, you don't know this, but sometimes your period doesn't come on time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not regulated. Sometimes you miss a month. So by the time you actually might realize that you're pregnant or even have an inkling to get a test, it's already too late. And that was always their goal, to make it such a short amount of time that abortion would not be an an option. Not that everyone has the resources and the money. Are they allowed to go to a different state if they can? So that's how they usually used to do it. But now another part of this law is that anybody can take civil action against you for getting an abortion, for facilitating an abortion, for conducting one. So what they loophole they did is so it takes it out of the government's hands. And now, like, Joe Schmo down the street can sue you. Why would that be a good... Why would you think that that would work in any it's, sense? It's not. It's just so that they can say, like, we're still salt small government. Like, we don't think the government should interfere. But if your neighbor wants to take his legal action against you, that's on you. And it's a minimum of $10,000. So do you have $10,000 extra to spare on top of your abortion that you just had to travel know. out of state exactly, for? yeah. That some fucking idiot down the street that you don't even fucking know gets to sue you mm-hmm. and your Uber driver and your abortion mm-hmm. doctor. It's insane. And they're already starting like bounty hunters of that people. Is, like, that's what I'm worried yes. about is I'm like, what about the people that are going to fucking kill some innocent woman who is trying to do something for her own body? They're like, there's dumb people out there that mm-hmm. are going to be like, oh, well, I can take it in my hands and mm-hmm. let me kill this woman. Well, that's what they did. They put it into the hands of civilians. And it's like, it's that. And it's also like, okay, so now people get to make their livelihood on stopping women mm-hmm. from getting abortions. Ooh. It's, mm, it is. So disgusting, and it makes me very nervous because it's just rolling down the hill. Other states are Mm -hmm. picking it up. It's going to go to the Supreme Court, and we just have to be on top of it because you give them a little, and they're going to try and take as much as they can away from us, and it just it starts at abortion is all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. It's all really fucked up. It is, and it's heavy, and it's a lot, but we just got to band together, and we got to, like, Do as much as we can Mm -hmm. for us and for future generations. (sighs) Okay, let's not. Let's not ignore this issue, even though you might think it doesn't affect you personally. Mm -hmm. You have women in your life. You have women in your life, yeah. I've even taken some friends Mm -hmm. to the Wichita Clinic that you have seen in this documentary. It was so sad because when Dr. Colleen's there, she's like, "This, this clinic like means a lot to me. I know. It's so crazy. Just everything. It's like those people risk so much. Mm-hmm. Like, Let's not claim that you care about unborn babies when really all you care about is control. And uh, you can't claim that you care about life and you're pro-life when you're willing to bomb clinics that perform abortion services. So that's a double negative. And let's... <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a bunch, but I'm going to stop right there. I hate everything. 
I love, you know, I don't hate everything because I love Wendy and I love Faye and I love yeah. Colleen and I love, I love the, the man at the security clinic and I love Clyde and I love the chaplain mm-hmm. and I love all the people that even though it has nothing to do with them, they're fighting tooth and nail yeah. to help other people. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, we hope you're still listening. <laughs> We'll, we'll keep it. We'll do a light one next week, I swear. <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out if you guys get a chance. Maybe mm-hmm. you've already seen it. Let us know how you feel. Yeah, let us yeah. know how you feel. I if mean, you wanna... we've said our opinions, yeah. so you can tell us yours. Mm-hmm. And if it's counter, do it. Yep. Just try it. You know, I, I can see that I'm not the most respectful person when it comes to arguing, and I get very motherfuckery, but come at me. I don't care. We'll talk. I I won't be that way to an actual person that feels that way. Because I understand that there is religious connotations to Mm -hmm. it. And I think that's beautiful. I'm perfectly fine. I just don't think you need to be pushing that on other people. And that's where I stand. Yeah. Okay. Don't tell me what to do. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. I would never. I don't care what you do. I don't care. Just don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Okay. Especially big fucking decisions Uh that impact the rest of my life. Please. Thank you. Yep. Sure, tell me not to use straws. I, yeah. I'll agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, gotta, we gotta stop this. All right. We're gonna see you next week. We love you so much. Okay, we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Let's Not Podcast is part of The Dorkening, which is a network dedicated for podcasters, a group of shows helping each other to grow, share ideas, collaborate, and innovate. You can check out more at thedorkening.com. And thank you to our sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Deadly Grounds Coffee is fresh roasted here in New England by skilled master roasters in a unique way that allows the true flavor of the bean to come through. It's coffee the way it was meant to be. Fresh, bold, delicious. It's coffee to die for. Check them out at deadlygroundscoffee.com.